Good morning. You are so brave. They keep saying it's going to get warm and it just doesn't and you're here anyway. Thank you. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us as well. If you're here live, thank you for choosing to make worshiping God with us at the Open Door Christian Church your first priority this week. It is good to worship with you. I'm so excited this morning. I get to introduce once again a guy that has really become a good friend of mine, Dr. Julio Volsi from Haiti Teen Challenge. He's here with Vicky, who is... You're on the board, right? But you're, you're transitioning the board, so you're kind of in charge of everything now, really, right, Vicki? Uh, they're here. He is going to give a message today, and uh, you're going to have an opportunity. I'm going to tell you more about this afterwards. Right after this service at our North 40 location, we're going to do a Taste of Haiti lunch and an opportunity for you to get to know them and find out more about the ministry. Uh, it is fascinating and amazing to see and to hear what it is that God is doing in a country so different than our own. So, Dr. Vol- Julio, Vicky, thank you for being here. Uh, we turned the thermostat up a little bit for you, but it's good old-fashioned Minnesota winter anyway. Amen, that's right. If this is your first time worshiping with us, there's, there's three things we do our very best to get right every Sunday. First one is the Bible. We believe the Bible is as relevant today as the days that it was written. All of our messages come straight out of God's Word, including Julio's today. It is going to be Bible-based, and it's going to be one for every single one of you. Uh, second thing is prayer. The lights in the back will be on if there's someone in those corners who are uh, there and ready and willing and able to pray for you. After the service, they'll be in front. If there's a light on over the prayer sign, there is somebody there waiting to pray with you. And then third is worship. These folks are here to lead us in worship, but we have the awesome privilege of worshiping for an audience of one, and that is our Father who created us in heaven. So with that, let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather God, thank you for the folks that are here live and the folks that are watching us online. I thank you for Dr. Volsi and for Vicki and for their braving the weather and coming out from the cities and coming here from Haiti to be with us today. God, we just pray that you would be with Dr. Volsi and his message, that, uh, that you would speak to every one of us because it's one that we all need to hear. And so, God, thank you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be here, God. We want you to know that we welcome him in this space. We know that... We come to faith, we live and grow in faith, and we're able to be people of faith because of your Holy Spirit at work in us. And so, God, we are welcoming him here again today. Uh, We ask that everything we do in this service, God, would just be to your very greatest glory. And thank you for this time and this opportunity to be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to worship. Let's, Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy, and thank you for a great time of worship. Thank you for the way you communicate into our souls through these songs. Please use your word uh, to add in whatever that you want us to know and what we need to do with it. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. In the church, say amen. amen. Or maybe you may have, you may be seated. Um, good morning. Yeah, this is, this is, this is beautiful. Um, I need to let you know that if, with this type of worship, if I was in Haiti, it would be very, it would make a lot of noise. So I see you very you're very quiet, though you worship the Lord, and I'm okay with that. Uh, but the worship team, you did amazing. Uh, great job, like always. Uh, thank you to uh, Pastor Steve and uh, Deidre for the invitation and the, the leadership team here for what God is doing. I remember, you know, when you guys just got this building, Vicky and myself, we came here, and uh, this place was empty. Uh, so we prayed uh, with Pastor Steve uh, with what God has placed into his heart and and the leadership here, and, and look at this now, and I am grateful to what, what God is doing here. And, you know, for this type of call, when 
Pastor Steve invited me to preach. I thought, you know, there was no, I don't think that we're going to have anybody here. Uh, because, because that's what we would do back home. Um, now, I need to admit that, um, um, you know, you will know more about Vicky. Uh, at 12, we're going to have this taste of Haiti, and um, there are going to be some good taste Haitian food, but also you hear from Vicky, our, our board chair. And by the way, Vicky has no accent, so you'll be able to understand everything. So, come. Um, but I need to admit that, no, I mean, no London, there's something special about this place. Uh, I was first introduced to snow when I was 23 years old. Um, I believe that was in 1999. Um, and uh, so I was, I was in Boston. Um, I, that was my first time in the U.S. Um, so I didn't know what snow looked like, and I didn't prepare for the snow. I don't have proper clothes. So it was brutal. Uh, so based on that experience, you know, the, that was my first experience with snow. That first impression actually gave me a bad taste when it comes to snow. So for me, snow was something you hide from it which I've done for so many years because I, I left Boston and moved to Florida and back to Haiti until I started coming here to New London uh, and then now I started to experience snow. Last year, I was here to do a snowmobile. That's the right term. Um, this year, I, I, yesterday, I did uh, some uh, ice fishing. That's, that's progress, yeah? Uh, next year, I'm going to do skiing. It's not skiing. And then uh, and the, the, the fourth year, I'm going to do hockey. And uh, so I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So thank you to New London and uh, to Pastor Steve for finally making a man out of me. And uh, I needed that. Um, this morning I would like to share with you about this. You know, it's a new year. And, you know, in, in the new year I like to get, you know, some resolution. I have a lot of things written down. Um, but there's one thing that I've been really thinking about in myself for me, and I think... Uh, you probably need that, is um, why don't we have a new resolution, and that resolution is to say that I'm going uh, to acknowledge that God as my heavenly Father, um, to acknowledge that. Uh, the Bible says that in the book of uh, Philippians chapter uh, 2, verse 13, it is God who is at work in you, both to, de- to desire and to work for his good pleasure or for his will. Uh, in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, uh, it, uh, the, the Bible also that uh, told you and I, uh, in verse 6, uh, In all your ways, acknowledge God, and he will make straight your path. And uh, all you do, uh, recognize God. Now, one thing that uh, uh, when Jesus he was here on earth, that he did, and God you know, did it to himself, and God did it to Jesus. You know, God liked to have like names, characters. Uh, I follow this church, so I know that you know those things. Um, uh, uh, now, God did the same thing to Jesus, and Jesus, you know, came. And, you know, from the Old Testament, you know, we know so many names about God. And when Jesus came, uh, he gave us like a new image of, of God. Um, although he claimed that God is God, I um, mean, the Most High, uh, uh, the, the God above all gods, the creator of the heavens and earth. Uh, because in the book of Matthew, when Jesus was tempted after 40 days of prayer, and he told the, um, uh, Satan, he said, you know what, men sh- sh- uh, shall not live by bread alone, but, but from, you know, every word from the mouth of God. So therefore, he acknowledged that term, God. He also uh, was talking with his dis- disciples. He said, you know what, um, you know, those who want to follow God, um, they need to love God with all their hearts and all their soul, all their mind, and all their strength. <coughs> 
So he acknowledged the term God. Uh, but when it was time for him to teach the disciples how to pray, uh, he used a different term. He didn't say God. Uh, he used the term Abba, Father. Uh, when we open the New Testament, um, I think it's a term that probably hundred something about some people said 150 times. I don't take time to really spend time to really see the numbers. But I know in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Jesus referred to God, the, I mean, the Father, um, uh, has his own Father uh, 50 something times. Uh, I think 53 times. He said, you know, uh, God, my Father. Uh, but not only, and f- for you and I, I don't know, uh, the, I don't know where, where you are when it comes to God. Uh, if I take time to try to analyze things, it makes sense that Jesus calling God his Father. That makes sense because, you know, he is God. Jesus is God himself. Uh, you know, he's the Son of God. Uh, he's the Savior of, the, of, of, of humankind. So it makes sense. But now, the same Jesus also referred to God. He said not only that God is his Father, but he also, also said that, also, God is our Father, uh, some 21 times in the Gospel. That means Jesus clearly shows us that those who believe on Jesus share the same relationship with God in heaven that he himself shares. Um, so you and I have been placed in a position where we have a relationship with God, the same that the Son, Jesus, has with his Father. We can also call God our own Father. So after this statement, if I was going to read Philippians chapter 2 again, verse 13, I would say, It is God, my Father, is at work in me, both to desire and to do work for His good pleasure, or for His will, according to His plan. Or I would say probably, it is God who is at work in you, both to desire and to work for His good pleasure, because God uh, is concerned about you as His children, and I believe that this is his desire also for you to know that, um, that you are his children. And you have to acknowledge that. You have to have a, a knowledge of that and live that way. Now, I want to share with you three uh, ideas. Um, there's nothing new. It's things you heard before, but I want to say that to you. Um, most of you know that you need to exercise, but, you know, sometimes you make the new resolution, the new year. So the term exercise is not new, but you just said, you know what, I'm going to do this this year. Um, and and uh, some of you probably need to, um, you know, find someone to forgive. You said, you know what, the term forgiveness is not new, but you said, I'm going to do it this year. Uh, some of you probably been going, coming to this church. You said, you know what, this year I'm going to serve. The term serving is not new, but you made the decision to do it um, uh, um, for during this new season. So whatever I'm going to say is nothing new, but it's a reminder. Three things. The first one is... We need to acknowledge that, or you need to acknowledge that your heavenly Father knows and He is for you. God knows everything about you. Whatever that you're going through, He's aware of it. Uh, it's nothing surprise to Him. And the other good thing is, He's for you. He's not against you. He's concerned about you. He's for you. You, you look very nice, you know. Um, I, um, you know... You're very nice people to come here in this cold day. Uh, but I'm sure that you have, some of you here have issues like me. Um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand though. But I know you have issues. Because I do. But the Lord, the, God is aware of your issues. Your Heavenly Father knows of your issues. 
knows of your needs, but also he's for you. He's not against you. He knows you. Uh, the Bible said that in Psalms 129 that he knows, you know, every move that we make. He knows you. He knows your needs. Uh, not only he knows you, he knows your needs. And he's able to take care of those needs because the Bible said that in, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 31, he said, Your heavenly, heavenly Father knows that you need all things. Because there was a group of people, just like you and I, they were concerned more about, you know, the daily bread, you know, about, you know, what they're going to eat. And, and those time, at that time, I don't think there was any Ford. Um, I don't know what you drive here. In Haiti, we drive Toyota. So there was no Toyota. Uh, um, but they were concerned about some form of transportation, the food, you know, clothes they're going to wear. And, God, and, and Jesus said, you know what? Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He's aware of that. He knows. But also, he's for you. So in the same way, not only that he knows you and he knows what you need uh, when it comes to the physical, the material things that you need, but he went further to say that at times, all we need is to communicate with God, and sometimes we don't know what to say. And he said that in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what ought to pray for. So he prays in our behalf because he knows us so well. So therefore, nothing happened in your life or in mine that goes unnoticed by our Heavenly Father. Uh, I will go further to say that uh, nothing happened in your life or in my life that God would not use. Um, some of you probably facing something, those who are here, those who are watching online. Uh, but I, I, I can tell you that whatever it is that you're facing, that whatever that you're going to, uh, there's nothing that will happen in your life that God's not going to use. The Bible said that in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he said that, and we know that, that, that cause all, God cause, causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. Or in other words, those who are called according to his pleasure or those who are called according to his will. Uh, when you are in love with God, you understand you have a knowledge of, of him as your heavenly father. There's nothing that will take place in your life that he will not uh, be used by it. The goods, the bads, and the, the uglies. Because that time it looks ugly for you, to you, but the Lord will use it for his purpose. And then, not only that he knows, but also he's for you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 21, or 31, he said that, that what, what then shall we say of these things? Because Paul was in a position, people was, you know, trying to question, you know, some people was, uh, 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 was probably born believers, or, you know, God only put their arms on them, and some have to do a little work. And then so after Paul explained that in Romans chapter, chapter 8, from verses 24 to, 20, to 30, and he said, well, after all that I said, what then shall we say to these things, if God is for us, who can be against us. Who is against us? Um, and, and, and if you continue to, to read that chapter, and it's probably going to mention a few things, you know, sickness, you know, death, you know, whatever it is, who can be? And because the Heavenly Father, He loves you enough. But the, the second thing that you need to know, not only that he's, he, he knows, your Heavenly Father knows, but also He's for you, but also you need to acknowledge that your Heavenly Father is willing and able uh, there are things that I want to do, but I cannot do them. Uh, there are things that I want to do, but I don't have the ability to do them. I hope that I'm not alone here. 
that you also, there are things that you would like to do, but you just can't do them. Um, um, and, and I find myself in that position. But God, not only that he's willing, but he's also able. Uh, he has the desire for whatever that, that needs that you have. He has the desire for the life that he will want for you, but also he's able uh, to give you that life. Um, for me, it's... Uh, uh, it's, uh, it, 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 it was in uh, uh, October 8th, I explained something that I never thought I would be, you know, in, in, in my lifetime, I would, I would experience. Uh, for me, the local church was supposed to be the safest place on earth. As a matter of fact, in Haiti, one upon the time, if you were in trouble uh, with anyone, even with the government, uh, if you make it to a, like an embassy... Or you make it to a local church, you're safe. Um, but on October 8th, uh, just like here, we have two services, except there's no snow back in Haiti. It's always in the 80s, probably 87 or 89 today. I, you can tell, yeah? So I am tropical, I can tell you that. My faith doesn't love when I say that, but I'm going to say it, I'm tropical. Um, and so it, we, we, we have our service early, you know, because Haiti, they like to wake up early. It's not like you, we don't have, a, you know, we don't have a lot of activities like TVs to watch all the night. We don't have electricity 24-7. The internet is not working well. Um, so there are a lot of reasons that make us go to bed early, so we will come very early. So we normally have an early service starting at 7 o'clock. And that service that started at 7 o'clock, I went, I made it to church myself at around 625 or so. Uh, and I, for reasons I don't know, I, we, we parked the car and then I went straight to the, to the, to the green room. And, um, you know, we went over the worship service. Um, um, we, you know, do, we do everything that we gotta do. I was not, I mean, although I was gonna speak, uh, that morning, the stage is so close to the, to the, uh, to the green room so I can check my mic, you know, while I'm in that room. Um, and around 6.58, I went to the worship center, just like here, except yours is way nicer than mine, uh, but just like this one. And uh, so wh- where I normally sit, I noticed that there was a guy right behind me. He has a nice suit on and with a big Bible. Uh, he was right behind me, but, and he has a suit on, and I don't know the guy. Most people in our church, they don't wear suits. Uh, so there was a bit, you know... Um, interesting. And then on my left, I noticed there was another guy with another suit. So two guys with suits. And I was told that there was another one, you know, later on with a suit on. So three guys with suit that morning. And they all of them made it to church, you know, early. Um, because by the time I made it, they were already sitting comfortably. Um, at 7 a.m., we, we played the uh, video of intro. Um, and then the worship team did a song, uh, almost same format like like here. Um, and uh, after the first song, the director of the Teen Challenge Mel's Center went on stage and he said, you know, welcome to Wonderful Church where we love God, we love people who are making disciples, uh, just like Pastor Steve. Uh, and, you know, we're glad you're here. Uh, you know, the worship team is going to you know, lead us in three more songs. Uh, then I'm going to come up here and, you know, do an, an announcement and, you know, collect the offering and tithing. And, 
you know, and all the good things. And Pastor Ross is getting ready to launch a new series of sermons on miracles. Because I was about to start a new series called um, Miracles. Uh, how to experience the manifestation of, you know, of Jesus Christ himself. Uh, so it was going to be based on the book of John. The seven miracles in the book of John. So he said all that. He said, well, by the way, while you're getting ready to, to worship, why don't you greet the person next to you? So when he said that, he said that to me, to, to greet the person next to you. And then while I was greeting the person next to me, which is, was the, probably my, uh, my COO, chief operation officer was sitting next to me. My ex- executive assistant was sitting next to me. And, and there was a pastor on my left. And then the Holy Spirit told me, greet the person behind you. So I greet my, the one next to me. Then I turned and I greeted that guy with the suit with the big Bible. Now, where he said there were two other security guards who were part of our team who were sitting next to him. I know one of the security guards, he's a trouble guy. The fact that that guy is there, he will make his life miserable. So I touched the two security guards who were behind me to tell them, you know what, just let the guy be. Um, and they did. So I greet them, and I touched the two guys. Then I turn around. And I was doing my thing. I was worshiping sometimes with my hands, sometimes I sit down, the same way I was here, you know. Um, uh, it's really hard for me to, to stay still in one place. I like to run around sometimes, you know. Um, I can be a D&D sometimes. Is that DDD or ADD? Okay, you don't get the joke. I'll tell you next time. Okay, you got it now. That's good. And so while the, the, worshiping, the worship was going, so after I shook the guy's hand, he, became, he was very troubled. That's what they told me. He was moving around just like me, except he cannot leave his seat. And then after two minutes, he left his seat. And he wanted to speak with the guy in the back who had a suit on. The Holy Spirit communicated to my security, I mean, some of our security people. They went after him. And they found out it was three of them. And all three guys have guns on them. Now, for here, it's probably not a big deal. But for Haiti, it's a big deal. You don't carry guns if you're not a police officer and public. So they asked him, they asked the guy, why don't you put your, you know, your guns in, in a safe place because we have safe places where you can put your weapons and you can take them after the worship service. And one said no and, you know, uh, a small conversation, one of them pulled his, you know, his guns, several of my security guards, you know, jumped over him and took the gun. And then the one who was sitting behind me that I shook his hand, um, 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 uh, pretend that he wants water. He walked away. He, want, he said he wants some water. And then one of my guys, you know, followed him. Then he told my guy, he said, well, I was not supposed to say that, but they are coming after your pastor. And the guy, the security guard said, what do you mean they're coming after your pastor? He said, well, there are going to be a bunch of guys coming here in special uh, police uniform. Uh, will pretend that they're coming to arrest the pastor, but they're not will police officers. They are coming to kidnap the pastor. By the time that he received that, you know, that news, you know, with your couple of guys, and they jumped all over me. And when I asked him what's going on, they said, Pastor, shut up, get inside. And uh, they didn't say shut up, but yeah, it's like they said that. Get inside and, they, you know, rush me to a safe place. And then within 90 seconds, there about 15 guys came on special SWAT uniform with M60s, and they were looking all over for me. They took every telephone on, on all of our 
guest service. We have, you know, we have, we can have hundreds of people doing guest service in, in Haiti. A lot of young folks like to serve. Uh, they went to, they went, they went to our studio. They took, you know, several, I mean, they took our computers, you know, putting them in their vehicles. They took all our radio communication. People dispersed, asking people to get in their knees, get on the floor. It was a total, a total mess for about 12 to 15, 15 minutes. Um, something that I never thought I would experience inside a local church. But there's one thing. The knowledge that I have, I know for a fact that I knew, and I still know that, my heavenly Father is willing and able. And because he knows everything, so that for me it was a surprise, but for him it was not a surprise. So he made arrangements for that. He challenged me to communicate with that guy behind me to shook his hand, and then I think after I shook his hand, I was no longer just a, you know, a money target because they were going to kidnap me for ransom, uh, but I become a human being. And God challenged him, the Holy Spirit challenged him to reveal his own plan that he had against me. The Bible says that uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, when uh, Paul was uh, talking with, with uh, Ephesians and trying to tell them, remind them that, you know what, when it comes to this faith that you have, the fact that you're Christ followers, you need to have confidence in God, Christ. Although I was going to some challenging time, I'm talking about Paul was going through some challenging time, he said, you know what, don't focus on, focus on those things, but focus instead in Christ Jesus, because you need to acknowledge the love of Christ, which is surpasses all men understanding. So you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Because he said, you know what? At the end of the day, God's going to deserve all the glories. Now all glory to God, who is able, to his mighty power, at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That's Ephesians chapter 3 verse, verse 20. So we need to, in this new year... To acknowledge that God knows everything about you and is for you. We need to acknowledge for this new year that your Heavenly Father is available. I mean, he's, uh, he's willing and able. But the third one is, not only that you have to know that is, He knows, He's for you, He's willing, He's able, but also He is available. Because... For you and I, we, most of you here, probably all of you here, I hope it's all of you, probably know Christ. You were already walking with him. And it probably don't make no sense, you know, for someone to say, you know what? Your heavenly father is willing and able. He knows you. He's for you. But about those who don't know Christ? Well, the third one is also, those of you who don't know God, uh, he's also your creator and he wants to be your father. I mean, the invitation that he gave to me when I was 12 years old is giving the same to you. You need to acknowledge that your heavenly father is available for you. It is so true. God is available at any and every moment. The the Bible said that he never sleeps. The Bible also said that his eyes are constantly fixed upon you. He knows when you sit down and when you rise up. He knows when you are happy, when you're not happy. He knows when you are cranky, when you're not cranky. He knows everything about you. And I love that. The Bible said that he is your very present help in times of trouble. I was in trouble, and he was there. And he saved me. 
Now, I was a believer. I was in trouble. He saved me. I have another story for you. Uh, on the screen, you see this young, beautiful young lady. Her name is Charlene. Uh, Charlene is, uh, is, uh, is a student at Haiti Teen Challenge. Haiti Teen Challenge uh, is the only residential program in the country. At 12 o'clock, you will know more about it. Uh, Charlene was born with, uh, and uh, her parents had three children. She's the oldest. Um, the, her mother was, uh, was practicing voodoo. Um, and, um, and for her, because the mother didn't have much money, the best way she could show the devil that she was faithful to the, to the devil is she was in charge of all the dancing uh, to lead the women in the dancing ceremony. She would always took uh, Charlene with her in those um, voodoo ceremonies. And then she pretty much dedicated Charlene to, to the voodoo, hoping that Charlene would replace her one day. And Charlene, at, uh, when Charlene turned like six years old, something happened. Things didn't work out between the parents. At seven, and, and so her mother left with the two other children, and for reasons that we don't know, she decided to not go with Charlene, and the father decided to keep Charlene. At seven years old, some of the father's friends came to the house while the father was away and Charlene was there, only seven years old, and he abused her sexually. And when she's sharing that story, it's really sad. She was in pain. But at the end, the guy said, you know what, if you said anything, I'm going to kill you. Now, in a country where there is no law, in a country where they don't value human lives, in a country where human, mostly women, they see them as an object, she stayed quiet. By the time she was, you know, like eight, she revealed that to her mother, her mother disciplined her because it was a shame for people to know that your daughter of seven years old was abused sexually. Well, with that, Charlene has something going on in her life. Her mother was not able to understand. Her daddy was not available. And she started acting up, you know, at an early age. When she turned 13, you know, she started, you know, behaving certain ways. When she would do that, she would say certain things. God get upset, send her to mom. She would say certain things. Mom get upset, send it to her aunt. This is pretty common in Haiti. Um, she would say certain things. You know, mom, aunt got upset, send it to her uncle. And that was her life. And until she found her in a position where, again, she was on a, at the wrong place at the wrong time, several other guys took advantage of her when she was 15. And this young lady, she became very upset with life. And she said, you know what, the reason that I am where I am is because of my father, my earthly father. She hated her dad. So for her, the only way that she can, you know, get rid of that pain is to hurt other people. So she got involved in gangs. She was uh, even in a relationship with one of the gang members, hoping that that gang member will help her kill her dad. She was involved with them and doing all the bad things, kidnapping people for winsome, and all, all the bad things you think uh, um, uh, someone, a young man, a young woman, or anybody without Christ can do. She was doing it. She trusted that group of friends. And one time, and they're planning to kill the dad, and they had to take a trip 
uh, away from the, from the capital, and she went with those guys. When she made it to the place, she found out that there was more guys there, more men, and there was no, no, there was no, no, no other ladies there. She thought she was there just for, you know, a trip, you know, to plan on the, another kidnapping or another, you know, a plan to kill her dad. And then she found her place in, with that, those guys, and there took days in all of them abuse her sexually. Imagine living in a place where you have nowhere to call. She told mom, mom is too shameful. The best way to, to, to do it is to keep it quiet. She told dad, dad will discipline her. She said she went back to Port-au-Prince, you know, with revenge. But she can't trust no one. And this young lady found herself now because she can't trust no one and she has to find a way to earn a living. People were taking advantage of her anyways for free. Now she said, you know what, I'm going to be a prostitute. But I cannot trust men alone, so now I'm going to do it with men and women, whoever. And that was her life. But you know what? There's, the Bible said in that, that, that new resolution that acknowledge that our Heavenly Father is available for you and God was available for her. Somebody told her about Haiti Teen Challenge. She entered the program. She met God there. She became a believer. She found a place where she can get three meals where she doesn't have to sell her body. She found a place where no one's going to force her No one's going to judge her about her past. Instead, we're going to remind her daily with this book that you love a lot, which is the Bible, that she has a heavenly father who knows everything about her, but still for her. She has a heavenly father who is able, also willing. And she has a heavenly father who is available. She gives her life to Christ. Now she can be in a place where she can receive her three meal, have a one place to stay, receive an education, discipleship, where she doesn't have to trade her, her body. Now that was her story, and the first one, that was my story. Your story is probably different. But there's one thing that I know for a fact that we all need to know the importance of that Heavenly, heavenly Father. The Bible says that in the book of First um, Peter chapter 3, verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are at- attentive to their prayer. If you have been dealing with any issues in life, if you don't concern about your 2024, you can call him. If you don't know Christ, you can call him. God is valuable. is waiting for you. is waiting on me. is waiting on you. To acknowledge that he's a, he's a heavenly father. My prayer for you for 2024. It's for this new year you will acknowledge that God is your heavenly father. He's nothing less. He's nothing more. He's your heavenly father. He's con- concerns about you. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. And he is at work in you, both 
to give you the desire and to do good works, but in return, it will be for his glory, for his purpose. And when you are in his will and his purpose, you will know for a fact that the most beautiful place, the most safe place, or the most beautiful life, or the most safe life, is when you are in the will of your heavenly Father. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. I love you. Thank you for confidence that you have given all of us to know that you know everything about us, but you are still for us. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you're still madly in love with us. Thank you for the ability that you create in us that through your word we can understand that you are able and you are willing. Thank you for being put yourself available for all of us. Those, those of us who are really working with you and those of us who don't know you yet, you are just a call, a prayer away. Bless this church family, not only those who are here, those also who are watching online. In your son's name we pray. In the church, say amen.